everybody, can you hear my voice? Yes, a little else, Sam. Ah, tough shit, you got no choice. So grab a glass and sit back in your chair. Cause Uncorked is going live to stands at crossroads, in the chaos and unlikely alliances emerged, four misfits connected by chance through an amber liquid on the silver screen. But Hollywood holds a secret, a loner, untouched by moving pictures and the celestial airwaves, a man that Hollywood can't touch. And the only thing I can tell you for sure is, he holds a secret, a secret that only time will tell. Welcome to Uncorked. I'm Dr. Whiskey. And I'm Boutique Dave. This is episode or batch 12, Whiskey in Cinema. Cinema. Now, Dave, I know <laughs> you, you've, you've, you, you claim to have never seen a film. I haven't. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I've, I've seen bits of films. Um, I've not, I don't think I've really sat down through, maybe when I was a kid and I saw, you know, movies, but it was never something that really grabbed me. I don't watch TV. Um, I still haven't put the TV on throughout the whole of this lockdown. I think the last time my television was actually turned on was mid-February, just after my BT Sport subscription run out. Because the only time I put the telly on was to watch the rugby on a Friday evening and a Saturday afternoon if it was pissing down. Well, who tells you what to think, then? <laughs> you don't have a person in a suit telling you what to think. How do, how do no. We're not in North America. Let's we'll introduce our guests in a second. Yeah. So yeah, when when this when this subject came up, whiskey in cinema, I thought, oh shit, I am not going to know anything about this. Yeah. Um, here I thought yeah. two of my favorite things: cinema, mo movies, and malt. Yay! Uh, and you you're like, nah, not interested. One of the two. None. Yeah, never been a big movie fan ever, really. I think it's probably, I'm pretty certain it's due to my hearing. Um, I remember going to cinemas and thinking, I mean, this is, why is it one minute I can hear it and the next minute I can hear nothing at all? Um, why can't they just put it all at the same level so I can hear the damn thing? And, and that's why I lost interest and yeah. So it turns out the problem was you. Your, your interface with the world was the problem rather than cinema itself. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I never grew up watching TV. So you grew up um, in Mauritius? I grew up in Mauritius, so TV was really non-existent there. Um, I worked in the far... I, I went to a, a boarding school where we didn't really have TVs for six years, from 11 till 17. Uh, so TV didn't feature in my life there, it was music. Um, and then I moved to Thailand for seven years and TV was dreadful. <laughs> well... <laughs> How fucking useless are you going to be on this show? So it's a good thing we invited some guests, one of whom you've already heard from, but we'll introduce them all one at a time if we're ready. Yeah, Dave? Yes, indeed. Let's go for it. Cool. Well, we have uh, Georgie Bell. 
uh, cocktail bartender in Edinburgh, where I also went to university. She studied geography. She was a Scotch Malt Whiskey Society ambassador, got a diploma in distillation at the Institute of Brewing and Distilling, the IBD, uh, global malts ambassador for Diageo, then global malts ambassador for Doers, head of advocacy at Doers, and founder, co-founder of Our Whiskey, uh, that initiative that we had Becky on a few episodes ago, um, the initiative determined to highlight the diversity of whiskey drinkers, the reality of the diversity of whiskey drinkers, and to challenge perceptions. Ourwhiskey.com. Georgie Bell's in the house. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you. What an intro. I tried to make it rhyme so it would really sp- I could spit it, you know, but sorry, I didn't take the time, Georgie. It's fine. Can I just correct you with the Jewers and instead of Jewers, place the single malts in there instead? The single it might malts. might not work as, as well in your rhyme. But the single malts of the company of Dewars. The single malts of the company of the Jewers of the company of Bacardi. Ah, but see, but I, I try not to say Bacardi. It's like Chivas. People, when people say Pernod, it just confuses. So Bacardi is fine. You're right. Let's give it to you. You work for Bacardi. <laughs> A rum juice yes, company. Yes, I'm proud of it. They're brilliant. Well, I know Bacardi. Welcome, Georgie. Sorry, sorry, Dave. I just said welcome, Georgie. <laughs> you trying to you trying to move <laughs> us swiftly off you. that? Yeah. Well, Bacardi's done a lot of good. We, look, we are globally facing a pandemic. Bacardi is one of the companies that's put so much behind supporting people in the on trade. Um, all the big companies have really stepped up. Obviously, it's in their interest, but the, some of the initiatives have been ground groundbreaking and actually probably life changing for a lot of people. So, cheers for that. Yeah, no, it's really good. I love, you know, here in the UK, we um, helped our bars at the beginning by setting up Deliveroo offers in London and Manchester. So anyone who was a fan of a bar who couldn't get their favorite drink could then get it through Deliveroo and some of the profits went back to the bar, which is brilliant. Um, And we're thinking about all sorts of initiatives to enable to pay bartenders during this time, whether it be for social media content through to um, schemes to just support them, um, sort of when they were closed and now the, the bars are going to be opening again. We're sort of looking at what we can do to support and that side of things. Yeah, at each stage, exactly. Well, it's going to take innovation yeah. on our side, but also on, on their side as well. So dream big, people, and be in touch, and I'm sure we can all help each other get through this. And I cannot wait for the 4th of July. Oh, my God. Cannot wait. So in the UK here, it was announced that the 4th of July, we can have or- – no, what was, what was the thing that we were allowed to do? <laughs> It was skin on skin, was it? Or what? I, I don't really understand when Boris speaks. It's his accent. I just get so distracted. For plane tickets right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we can go back to the bar from the 4th of July. Into bars responsibly. I see there's lots of guidelines online. And if you have any questions or need guidance, either as someone who works in the on-trade or works in the hospitality industry, uh, UK Hospitality is a great website that gives you updates, of course, about the July 4th details, how to operate safely and, and where to get support if you guys, if anybody needs it as well. Dave, I have a question for you straight out the bat. Now, we're both global brand ambassadors and we spend a significant amount of our time of the year on a plane and often at long-haul flights. How the hell have you never watched a film? Oh, on the movie, oh, I never watched uh the the entertainment on on planes no do you well what do you do i listen to music <laughs> i listen to music what i live um, music is the first thing i switch on in the morning my kids grew up telling me to turn the music down i thought i was parenting wrong it should be the other way round. Ra- round uh that's when i realized i was deaf 
and 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 I do play my music very very loud and yeah. So yeah, I, I listen to music all the time. I have um, huge playlists. <laughs> Let's introduce our next guest then. Hmm? We'll we'll introduce our next guest. So we we have Philip Schreiberg, who's a, a good friend, and we're going to have him on a future episode. So we didn't want to invite him this time. Instead, I'll read some words he wrote for Scotch Whiskey, the now defunct ScotchWhiskey.com. Fifty-year-old Macallan, a particular favorite of yours, I understand says Javier Bardem's baddie as he offers the whiskey to Daniel Craig's James Bond in Skyfall, moments before killing Bond's girl. Next paragraph, next paragraph, next paragraph. Why do we know that whiskey's all over film and TV? Because Curtis McEachern's been logging each individual dram since 2011 when he founded the blog Scotch Cinema. And that's our next guest, Curtis, all the way from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Hello. Andre's write-up was equally as good in uh, inside the cast as well, and you updated continually as well. I believe uh, when you had, when you find some new sightings, I've seen some some recent sightings on there as well. Uh, I've tried, I've tried. Although you are still the reference, <laughs> I'm trying. You, you... I go in phases where I'm bombarded with so many sightings, and uh, I'm over 500 now. So I'm gonna. Compile them all and send them to you, Dave, so you won't actually have to watch a film. You can just watch, <laughs> like, cut to the good parts of just people drinking different brands. Well, I was, re- I was, as soon as the subject matter was brought up, I thought, oh shit, I've got to Google this. And yeah, I read your articles. <laughs> I read all the articles. Yeah. I've, I've seen bits of, but <laughs> of course I've seen bits of Bond movies. There are always <laughs> clips of Bond movies. I know who Bond nice. is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I was reading, I think, all the made up whiskies in Andre's, our next guest, Andre's uh, article, and I was thinking, I, haven't, I don't even know any of these films. <laughs> I don't even recognize the titles of the films. But uh, I know I know, uh, I know, know you guys like to do games. I actually have a list of uh, fake made up scotches and multiple choice to see. I've made one up, but then there's ones that have appeared in dozens of movies, and you have to tell me which one is, uh, is real oh. and which one is not, if you like. You're the, you're a guest who came with his own game. This is incredible. What? Thank no, you, Curtis. Thank perfect. you so much for being here. Love it. Write that one down. But let's before we speak too much about him. Andre Dalmeida is also here. Uh, obviously, a lover of of whiskey and cinema. He's written about it as we just learned. But he's a proper gaucho from the south of Brazil. Uh, but moved to the central belt of Scotland. And when he was 15 years old, he was always been politically active. So he'll have some great insights, I'm sure, for the times we're living through now. He was a Glasgow University student president, but he's a biotechnologist who turned a whiskey professional working at Maxim, uh, then at Edrington, the parent group, and then William Grant Sons. Uh, and then uh, he's currently the global travel retail director for Loch Lomond which is Glen Scotia and Loch Lomond and their various makes that come out of that distillery. He's a proud dad. He's a dog owner. As he told us, he was sweating, walking the dog around about an hour ago. And he's the founder of the website Inside the Cask. Andre, welcome. Hey, thank you very much. Hey, welcome. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure Lovely to be you. Yeah, no, no. It's, I have to say, like I said before, Scotch Cinema is where it all started for me. So that's where I first found the... Uh, the fictional whiskey brands and uh, and I just thought it was so interesting I decided to write about it and, and update it as well uh, but yeah love well, it, the work that comes doing. it's a dangerous website to visit I don't know if everyone here has done it anyone listening at home has done it but you visit to scotchcinema.com it's a rabbit hole that will waste hours of your time and then you find his YouTube page and you start going through those videos but it's actually fascinating to see sort of what role 
this amber nectar plays in films or has played in films over the last 40, 40 years. So that's, that's kind of what I thought this episode would be about. Is we could talk about that, what role whiskey plays, situations we've seen in it, uh, seen it in, and then also maybe perhaps, you know, what, what meaning we can derive from those placements? What, what's going on? And are they, are they product placements? Are they creations of a writer's mind? Like we said, some fictional ones. Um, it's bloody hot. So I've got a slowly melting popsicle that I will eventually turn into a highball. And I hope you guys have a whiskey too. Let's, let's start talking. No, can't drink that. Great. And I, and, I, and I prepared as well. So I did a little poll. I saw that you guys did on Twitter. I did it with a few uh, whiskey groups in Brazil, Australia, Canada, Middle East, and Asia, just to get what they thought of the, uh, the connection between scotch and cinema as well. Yeah, fantastic. So oh, what's, wow. what, what are some of the results you got? Wow. What did you ask? We asked, like, can you, what's the type of character we tend to see drinking whiskey? Did you ask them that? Well, I was more kind of interested on the influencing factor, whether or not it influences you to, uh, to drink or, or to buy that brand. And uh, what I found uh, from the feedback anyway that I got was that their view was that for novices or people that are not into whiskey or don't know the brands, they think that for them, it, it will be a talking point. It will influence them much more. But then when you delve into it a little bit more, uh, especially when a character is so strongly associated with the brand, uh, then for sure it has an impact. For sure. Uh, but it's a bit risky. You can be positive and negative, as I'm sure you know. Well, Curtis probably has great insight into this. Curtis, why did you start doing this? Why did you start logging I initially it? had watched uh, The Lincoln Lawyer with uh, Matthew McConaughey 10 years ago or something, and he was drinking uh, Balvenie on screen. And whenever I would see someone doing it, I would always go home and Google it. What was this person drinking? Because it goes by. If you blink, you miss the brand sometimes. So, And then I found all these forums and, and, and blog <laughs> posts of different people saying, what's this person drinking? What? And I mean hundreds of them. But there was never any dedicated site for someone to go to. And I said, well, I, I'm kind of obsessed with it at this point. So I'm just going to go on at the time it was blogger i'm in the process of overhauling the entire site now and making it uh more elegant making it more user-friendly and functional um and so i just started posting them and then i set up uh i started a twitter account and instagram and said send me some anyone who's watching this uh, or if anyone is interested at all and then i just started getting bombarded with uh, this person drinks this and this person drinks that. But um, more to your question about uh, the actual branding, I find it, it it's a double-edged sword in the sense that, uh, like Andre said, it does really associate you with a character sometimes, but other times it completely takes me out of whatever I'm watching. And I don't think it's just myself because I'm so obsessed with spotting the brand. I think that it can be kind of off-putting to just a... a casual viewer of a film or a show um there there are things that are associated with characters like you think don draper in mad men you just assume that he's has a dram in his hand and a, a whiskey in a glass in every scene of every episode but after i compiled everything he drinks one single malt throughout the whole show throughout the entire series one time four minutes into the first episode and that's it but you just assume that he's always has a scotch he drinks a Balvenie at the very first episode. And other than that, someone hands him a Chivas. He pushes it away and drinks a Canadian club. Um, there's other people drinking scotch throughout the show. But for the most part, uh, posters, magazines, commercials, you just think of Don Draper with a scotch 
sitting there. But it just seems as though the branding was so strong, the product placement of the Balvenie in that first scene of the first episode of Mad Men, that's all they had to do. And the, the name is out there, and he's just a Scotch dude <laughs> from now on. Tony Soprano, Glenn Livett, um, who else? Um, Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, Lagavulin. Uh, it's a brilliant product placement there. It's it's the, those episodes that almost seem like a commercial for Lagavulin. He visits the distil, uh, the distillery. It's uh, amazing. Like, so in but then there's other times where it seems kind of off-putting. Like, would this billionaire in his Manhattan penthouse be drinking red label from a paper cup? You know, like things like that. You see, and like that's just a lazy art department that put that together. Yeah, no. The the other one I heard was that, that I got feedback on was uh, I think it was an NCIS Los Angeles episode or something, and the uh, the character there was supposed to be a whiskey connoisseur, a malt whiskey connoisseur, and she called the Glengarriock uh, rather than Glengarry. I kind of put off the people that are into whiskey because they're like, okay, you know, poor research, just not right. Mm-hmm. Or the actors reading cue cards and they're like, I'll have Glengarry Yuck. But it uh, seems that Sopranos initially and then Mad Men sort of gave a green light to featuring because there's, there's been a proliferation of a featuring of a featuring of whiskey in film and television. Would you agree? Absolutely. It, it almost seems like there is the god of whiskey who's just going around Hollywood and saying, you must place this in this scene. <laughs> Yeah, peppering it and sprinkling it throughout uh, film and television. The last, uh, I've been doing the website for nine years. Um, it started off maybe a dozen in a year. And then all of a sudden, it's ridiculous. My wife and I will look at each other and just be like, are they doing this? Are they trying to communicate with you through the television? Why is there so much? Like I put Space Force on the other night, the new uh, Steve Carell show, Glenn Kinchy. I've never seen it in a film before. He's drinking that. Next episode, Glenn Callan, the fake uh scotch and i'm like why are they doing real versus fake <laughs> it's just well let's get it. Some. those are yeah, two different some, Go some ahead, of that is not by, it's, it's not by chance right because uh i mean the former brand director mccallan king Greer, he was always big into partnerships with arts photography uh fashion and he used to go to luxury conferences at a time when whiskey brands didn't really do that to create these uh, connections because he wanted to look for, you know, to, to maintain the brand relevant, to make the brand more relevant, and also to make Macallan a luxury kind of brand rather than just a luxury whiskey brand. So it doesn't surprise me that you see uh, uh, Macallan, you know, James Bond with Macallan. It doesn't surprise me that so many films and TV uh, have Macallan in it uh, because it wasn't by toy. It, it, you know, it was a deliberate action that Ken uh, and the team over there were trying to, uh, to instigate. Yeah, the show Suits has a lot of McAllen. So it'll be lawyers, affluent people at a classy cocktail lounge. They'll be ordering it. And obviously Skyfall. Uh, I have 25 McAllen sightings. And the placement is usually seems very well curated and and meticulous. Well, let's talk about that then. Because I, I think one thing is that you both touched on is the, the sort of fake brand and the real brand. And I'd love to talk about more about how those things appear and why. What purpose? You know, are they necessarily trying to fish money out of companies or do the companies come to them? Why would you, if you, why would you intentionally miss that opportunity for revenue by making up your own brand? Talk about that in a sec. But the first thing, what you, what you were just saying there about, you know, what the McAllen drinker looks like. I've always thought a McAllen bottle looks 
masculine. It's fully erect. It has wide shoulders. It has really, it has a tie. It has like a triangle where the age statement is. It's, it's very macho, very, very masculine in my opinion. And we, we asked people like you did, Andre, um, who, who ends up drinking whiskey, uh, who's depicted as drinking whiskey in film and cinema. And someone said here, white, male, rich, or white, male, poor. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no we, yeah. we uh, the, 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 the feedback I got was also that it's moved a little bit. So it touched on what you've just said, where whiskey was very much associated with the kind of macho kind of culture. And then it's moved on a little bit more towards power and their wealth. Uh, and that's where I can see the kind of McAllen connection, given that where they want to be with that brand. Uh, the other feedback they did say was that there weren't enough females and women drinking whiskey in films. Yeah, it's probably the, the amount of women that you see or not see drinking whiskey in films is probably not um, in par with real life. Because as we know, over the last sort of 10 years or so, we are seeing an increased number of women drinking whiskey, even though that we've been drinking it for years and years and decades and making it since time began, you know, where I think people are more open about talking about it and excited about sort of getting into it and, and the whiskey club, as it were. So I do hope that in 10 years' time, if we repeat this conversation and Dave's maybe watched a film or two by that point, <laughs> that there might be one or two more women drinking whiskey in films well, that's because it is needed. Yeah. And that's interesting, though, because then that means the whiskey is trying to say something. Perhaps it's about power, but... You know, we also have, there are situations where it's not necessarily a person of power or wealth drinking the whiskey and it's a, you know, it's a bourbon or it's a cheaper blended scotch or whatever. There's something being said, but it's, but it does seem to still be white men. I know there's a 50 cent example on your website, Curtis, that you captured right before he kills someone. The setup. Sorry? The setup. The setup is the name of the film. Um, I'm sure you've all seen it. (laughs) I think it was uh, straight to streaming before streaming was even invented. But yeah, it's uh, 50 Cent. And going back to McAllen, Olivia Wilde orders it in The Change Up with Ryan Reynolds. And it's the kind of thing where he orders kind of a pedestrian novice drink. And she's just like, send that shit back because she's more classy. And so and she's like, we're going to get McAllen 18. Thank you. And then comes and pours her the McAllen 18. She's kind of teaching him about the world of... Uh, this more posh lifestyle or classy lifestyle. Um, but yeah, not enough females, but it's getting better for sure. You do see, so I won't lie, if you know me, you know that I love the crown and the queen's sister drinks whiskey in the crown. Really? Any brands in particular that you know of? No, at one point they ask her what she wants to drink and she says, whiskey, please. Oh, that's good enough for me. It's in, it's going in. There we go. It's in, I think it's in the second series. So you'll just have to watch the whole thing. I recommend actually starting just from the first series, actually, just for shits and gigs. You know, it's great. Several people have advised me that I need to start watching this for sure. No, I've never seen it. Seriously, never seen that either. But there we have royalty. So again, there is an implied power. So that female character is already of an elevated status because of her blue blood or whatever you want to say. But when it's used in other situations, do we have, do you have any examples, Andre or Curtis, where we've seen it, where you've been surprised? Uh, Well, I I certainly didn't expect to see Bond drink in uh, Heineken. Uh, I'm sure he does drink a beer, but uh, that, that obviously felt very much like a, you know, Exactly. Money, 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 money. Uh, and I, I think it covered a third of the production costs or something like that. Uh, so, yeah. 
the placement. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, the the film Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Mm -hmm. um, the the reboot that happened four or five years ago. I found it kind of strange where it would be like these classy spies um, and they would order a black label. It just seemed like they would have a more astute taste. They would be looking for some rare 40 year old blend, whatever, or pork something. But it, it just, it, it struck me as odd that that's, that's what they went for. Nothing against black label. Love it. Always have some on hand, but it just seems kind of like the, the Pepsi of, of whiskey sometimes. And they were kind of, I, I just expected to see something uh, a little more sophisticated from characters, especially such a character driven plot driven film where it seems like everything would mean something. The tie he wears, his shoes, his, his hair. And then he just kind of grabs the most generic blend. Well, that's that we to us. Know. I mean, in fair, that's a bit of a Western perspective because isn't uh, – George, you were going to pipe in there. Go ahead after I just make this one point. Is that around the world, Johnny Walker is a symbol of discerning taste and affluence and upward mobility and prosperity. So maybe there is that – perhaps not in Tinker Taylor, but – there is that it's 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 this um, universally recognized symbol of something. George, yeah, you are muted. Yeah, it's always a symbol in the Far East. Yeah, put a bottle of Johnny Walker on the table. You look like you've made it. You know, that's it. Put the bottle of Johnny Walker black in the middle of the table. The bucket of ice, a bottle of soda, and a bottle of Coke, and that's it. Wow, look at that table over there. They've got J JW. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's also because um, people don't want to go too obscure with their whiskies or too specialist with their whiskies because then it won't be recognised? So imagine if a situation like that, they ordered like a, I don't know, a. Um, uh, Glen Scotia, uh, something or other. Victoria. Um, finished, oh. finished in a um, Sotan cask and then double finished in something else at cask strength. La, 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 la. Isn't it a lot easier when you have a bottle that is recognisable? And, you know, in most of the cases, Dave, you're spot on. A lot of the time you seem to be looking to drink. If you seem to be drinking something, it means that, it's all a status giving away thing, right? So sometimes you have to go for the obvious piece. Uh, that absolutely is a very valid point. I never thought about it that way. Um, it just, um, when you mentioned something very specific, this particular film seemed like the kind of thing where they would go out of their way to get something rare and specific like that. Mm-hmm. But it could come off as trying too hard as well as the filmmaker trying too hard. Like, Look at how sophisticated, very on the nose. Look at how sophisticated this character is. Um, trying to, uh, trying too hard, just basically spoon feeding it to the audience. Like, huh? Look how sophisticated this guy is, you know? Yeah, when in actuality, it's like black label, checks all the boxes, can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, Johnny, Johnny Walker and, and Jack appear in a lot of films, but, you know, more, not, not specifically as a, a special part of that scene. It's just, a, you know, day to day, maybe drinking occasion, right? So it doesn't it, it doesn't make it more, uh, uh, in, it doesn't enhance the scene as as you're talking about, Curtis. Exactly. And then I saw um, the film uh, The Single Man with Colin Firth, and he has a, a bottle of Port Ellen and uh, something. And I was like, well, that kind of really speaks to the character. It just seems like the director Tom Ford actually probably went out of his way to say, no, he's going to have something niche. He's going to have something specific. They didn't just send an intern to the local shop and say, grab scotch because that's what this guy would drink. They found something very specific for him. And I thought that spoke to the character pretty well. Um, um, we yeah. watched The Gentleman the other day. Have you seen it? The Guy Ritchie film? 
Not yet, no. <gasps> it's on the so list. So in it, he drinks a Glenfarclas Farclas. 40. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Write, uh, it Write it down. Write it down. The other feedback I did get was that uh, an un- unknown brand, I mean, you mentioned there, you were talking, Jordi, about you know some different brands. A known brand, if they appear in a film, actually it can drive people to try it or to buy it just because they haven't heard of it before, right? Because especially for smaller brands, they don't have the, the distribution of the bigger guys, and that's one way to kind of to be noticed. Uh, well, also cocktails. I mean, because I, I also heard that in Brazil, for example, one of the cocktails in Bond, which wasn't the traditional one, because they appeared on Bond and because Bond has such an impact, it meant that there was this huge craze for this cocktail in Rio and Sao Paulo, for example. Hmm. So it, it can have wow. an impact. For sure. Sorry. My mouth is full of something very cold. And Dave, can you speak to the guests? <laughs> you, you've mixed, you made a highball from your popsicle. I made a highball from my popsicle because that boutique world whiskey <laughs> that blend, that shit goes with everything. Oh, what are you guys drinking wherever you are? I know, I know it's very early in Ottawa, but the rest of the world? Um, so I'm currently in a uh, holiday home. Um, so I've just brought some minis up with me and me and some friends have been sending out whiskey to each other each week. And then on the Friday night, we all get on Zoom and do a quiz and drink each other's whiskey, which was fine to begin with because it was like six of us. But this Friday, there's nine of us on the call. Um, so we've got nine whiskeys to drink through. Uh, I've got one from last week, which is just whiskey number one. Oh, wow. That's funny. You know, I, I think Jordi uh, read my mind because I've got, funnily enough, uh, Glen Scotia, uh, which is finished in Tony Port. Tony Port finished. So there you go. Beauty. <laughs> I've grabbed a couple of Oatmores. I've got the nine-year-old uh, boutique one on my left, and I've got the 12-year-old from uh, Bacardi on my right. They are quite similar. One's bottled at 50, ours is bottled at 51, 2.1, so it's a bit spicy. Um, and yours is bottled at 46, isn't it? If you're someone yeah. who digests podcasts orally only, A-U-R-A-L-L-Y, uh, you really should find out. Now's a good time to tell you. you can, we will be sharing these videos, and there's been a, there's a great background that Andre's built, so you really should find the this encored video. And throughout, when everyone's been speaking, Georgie's been doing some hilarious hand action, and she's been sprinkling and doing dollar signs, and it's, <laughs> it's a good time to remind you that we're, we've gone video in these this viral age. This is a uh, Nika single malt. Uh, Japanese. It's a little limited edition I picked up at Whiskey Live. It's bottled at whatever this says. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, 45. It's uh, 45. So it's a 10-year, and I've had it for 10 years. Um, and finally decided, what am I waiting for? What am I going to do? Sell it for a dollar more than I bought it 10 years ago. <laughs> Cheers. Curtis... You you did say you have a game. We could play our game first, and then uh, and then play yours, or we could play yours first. It, it's completely up to you. Oh, either way is fine. I just made my own because I know I'm going to lose so horribly at yours <laughs> that I wanted to try to redeem myself by controlling the rules somehow. But I promise you, Curtis, this is themed right up your alley. Uh, can you see whiskey anagrams? Yep. yep. Yes. Yep. yep. Great. Well, then let's play it.
These are anagrams of films. If you can guess the film, you get an extra point for the whiskey that featured. Oh, Georgie's in with a bang. Is it Skyfall? It is Skyfall for an extra point. Nice. Can you tell us the whiskey? Is this the one where he has to shoot the dram of McAllen off of the girl's head? If Curtis is nodding, I'm going to assume you're right. Oh, nailed it. Well done. Where, where are the chimes coming from? Who's that? My ringtone. Oh, is that how you're buzzing in? Okay. The LCBO doesn't have any booze, huh? Yeah. You have no, you have no cork to pull. Yeah. Goddamn totalitario. I shouldn't say that. We have a, we have a few tenders in right now, and really like to bring it in, please, guys. Thank you for support. Really appreciate it. Let's continue. Non-stain tortillas. Non-stain tortillas. T o r t i l l a s. Name the film. It's an anagram of a film, and you get an extra point if you can tell us the spirit. Non-stain tortillas. Nothing, huh? Just tumbleweed over here. Yeah. Well, I hope you people at <laughs> home. Andre, oh, oh, I didn't hear it. I apologize. Sorry. Uh, is it uh, lost in translation? Oh my goodness! Well done. How the hell did you get that one? Uh, I'm not very good. Wow. I've, I've looked at the podcast, but it just came up. Well, you are correct. Can I'm you? Get... Oh, there's the extra point. Curtis takes it. Lost in translation. Oh, you might, you might have gotten that. I didn't. Yeah. I just said it. <laughs> I knew that. Gosh, I'm suddenly thinking if I should have refreshed. Probably very there. It was so, lost in translation yeah. and Santori time. Then I guess. Santori time. It's Santori. Well, Bill Murray, a famous real-world whiskey drinker, isn't he? He's a big fan of whiskey. Mm-hmm. Melange 10th. The next anagram is Melange, M-E-L-A-N-G-E, 10th, or the 10th Melange. Melange 10th is an anagram for a film, if you can guess, and if you can get it, you get an extra point if you can also tell us what whiskey was featured. Melange 10th. Ooh, I think I know it. It's the one I I just said before. The single man? No, there's no I. There you go. I was waiting for the drum sound, Georgie. Thank you. It's the gentleman. Oh, look at you. And the fil- the flavor of the week? Or the, what, am, what word am I looking for? The whiskey that featured? And this is the one I said before. It's the... Uh, the... The Glenny Glen Farkas 40. Glen Farkas 40, Georgie. Yeah, you did say it. We should have done the game first then. We've given so much away. Yes, it is Glenn Farkless and the gentleman. I have to learn how to spell. <laughs> Anadrams are hard, man. They really twist. It. Listen, in your defense, you're in Ottawa. You're, you've got other things to worry about. You're the capital of, of Canada. You know, you got to skate to work in the winter in the Rideau Canal. You got to apologize to everything. Hair like Trudeau now, too. You got a whole Trudeau thing going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He hasn't gotten his gut in about six months either. You should see his back. Um, this next anagram is Keyboards Trent. Trent, like the University in Peterborough, Ontario, and Keyboards. This is the anagram. Keyboards Trent. 
This one is a sci-fi film. Yes. Yes, indeed. I think we're going to have to just skip ahead. Anyone want to take a stab in the dark then? If I were to tell you it's Star Trek Beyond, would you guess the whiskey? Star Trek, okay. Uh, Glenn Fiddick, 30-year-old? Oh my god, you you need to start a blog all about cinema and scotch whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, sir. Yes. Correct! If you just said... If you just said Glenn there, you'd get half a point. And typically, if we said Glenn throughout all of these, we'd get half a point. <laughs> right? Half a point. Half a point. Oh, dear. I won't get any, apart from if I heard you say it before. Just name a film. You, can, you must know. You've heard of movies. Come on, Dave. Anon Charm. A-N-O-N. Anon Charm. Charm. That's the anagram of a movie. We are trying to, therefore... Guess that anagram. Oh, Descramble uh, uh, the letters. Oh, there's a cork from Andre. Uh, Anchorman. Anchorman. Correct. Do you remember the Scotchy Scotch Scotch? Uh, is it a made-up one? Is it the Grey Odin's Raven, or is it the is it Glenlivet? Well, cur- yeah, Curtis can correct. I think I think many several feature. There are, there's a fake one in it too, isn't there? There is, and he released his own. Uh, brand, a, a Ron Burgundy brand, but he orders three fingers of Glenn Livet um, and he does his whole flute solo in the bar. So, yeah, you got it, Andre, for sure. Nice. Just about like like Glenn as well. That was a half a pain right there. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not so keen on this whole, like, talking about whiskey like fingers. Like, I'll have one <laughs> finger of whiskey. Never. <laughs> I don't get it. I, don't. Uh, I do two I, fingers vertically. Like three fingers of <laughs> <laughs> Two fingers okay. vertically. It just makes me... Well, oh, I just hate it. It's awful. <laughs> are we going to try to unpack why? No. Are we, are we just going to leave it? Well, I just... Yeah, I, I'm, Look, I'm just not so... Key. The thing as well is that it's quite on... Um, you know, everyone's got different sized fingers. <laughs> yeah. Continue. It's not very... No, it's not an exact measurement. I think it's more of a gesture as I'll take two fingers, three fingers, one, you know. Um, I know, I know. And I'm trying to divert away from the reason that I find it awful as a way of I think we all know it. It's, it's an uncomfortable memory. Just that, just throwing that phrase around the way we did when we were 15 years old makes me feel, I'm a daddy of girls. It makes me nauseous. But there's a phrase in Scotch whiskey. If you take a cask that's fallen under 40% naturally, if you take that cask and put a process put it through a process to bring the abv up do you know what that's called no andre do you remember from william grant days i can't remember cold fingering mm. so next time you think that fingering sounds bad just think of cold fingering cold fingering yeah there you go I just keep picturing an idiot bartender who's like he said he wanted three fingers yeah. and <laughs> 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 Here you go, yeah. sir, and just bringing it over like this. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue the game then. I think the background music should come back in now and we will go. Aerodrome Fatty Throw. The film is in this letter jumble or anadram. Aerodrome Fatty Throw. I think we did mention this film already. 
And I think someone who features in the scene where this whiskey appears uh, passed away this week. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, Sorry come on. Get, get your ringtone or someone's going to jump in. There he the is. The day after tomorrow, Ian Holmes is a 12-year-old. Glenn. <laughs> Good try, Andre. Indeed it is. It's a, I mean, they're about to die. It is, it's, the, it's one of the, well done. Uh, it's one of the best placements you could hope for, right? The world's about to end. The wave is coming in to destroy them. Let's finish it with a sweet honeyed taste of Balvenie in our mouths. I believe he has it hidden in a bookshelf or something, and they're kind of holed up quarantining or something, and someone reaches in and says, hey, you might as well. Oh, looking for the extra points right there. <laughs> no, you I, should have, like, watch, I should have another monitor here to watch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, to go to your own website and, and search by what anagram. You need an anagram generator on the website to help you play this game. Uh, that, that would be a good idea. This is the last one. I'm pretty sure everyone except Dave has got one point. <laughs> and that's fine because I think... Yeah, I wouldn't have any points. I probably like Anchorman Jazz Flute as much as you like films, Dave. Mink Snag. Sorry, Mink Snag. Mink Snag is the anagram. King, cork sound King, from Andre. Kingsman. 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 Oh, yes. I was nearly there. I can't remember the the, uh, the whiskey on this one, though. So this one's oh, a strange one. This is not. <laughs> Jordy's in there with a Glen. Actually, right this time, but it is a, it is a bit more left field. I would say, um, this brand featuring. And I, Curtis is nodding because he probably knows the one. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. No. <laughs> oh, wow. Did I post this? I don't even remember. I'm sure we stole all this from, from your amazing yeah. resource, Scotch <laughs> Cinema. <laughs> I will watch videos that I've spent hours editing in, you know, 2012 and say to myself, did I do this? Like, when? Because there's so many now at this point. Kingsman, I don't remember. Oh my. It's Glendronic that features in the Golden Circle version of Kingsman. Yeah, yeah, version's the wrong word. I can barely speak today. Why don't we record a podcast? Great. Is well, that an, Is that an episode in the Golden Circle? Or is that, what, that like there's many what do you say, Ebert? Ebert? Movies? Uh, there's like two. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. on your next flight. Maybe. <laughs> Although you don't want to touch that screen in front of you on a flight in these days, I think just stay, stay, yep. stay on your Walkman. I'm sure you're still using a Walkman. Well, thank you for playing Anadrams the Cinema Edition. Scotch cinema. How do, how do you capture bits of films without copyright coming, someone coming to get you? Um, well, you mentioned the YouTube channel. They came to get me many, many years ago. There used to be a lot more sightings. There's a lot fewer now. Uh, the Vimeo channel has everything because Vimeo just doesn't seem to care. So perhaps I try to keep everything under a minute. So it's like, yeah. am I really ripping your movie off? If I'm putting some random obscure scene on, it's not a huge plot point. It's not, you know, anything, uh, distasteful. It's not anything attempting to make money off of your film. So, or maybe it's just under the radar. I don't know. So if you go to the Scotch cinema Vimeo channel, uh, search Scotch cinema, uh, on Vimeo, you should see about 
few hundred of them. As I said, I'm overhauling at this point. But um, as far as copyright and everything, I haven't heard any anything in about seven years from when YouTube started sending me warnings and then they just started removing the videos. Maybe there's a couple dozen on there now. A few hundred. Like I said, when you start looking at Scotch cinema, it is an endless rabbit hole of interesting and especially for a whiskey nerd to see kind of the shit that goes on. And I know, Andre, you wrote about and you think about obviously these fake brands. Can you talk us through both of you guys? Can you talk us through some of the some of the fakies that we see? I remember one from Uh, Lost, for example, but go ahead. Yeah, no, sure. I mean, the, uh, the 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 term for the fake brands is uh, in the industry, as I understand, and also I'm sure Curtis will correct me if I'm wrong. Is Greek? So you Greek a whiskey, or you Greek a box of cereal, or whatever it is. So you're effectively creating a, a a brand that doesn't exist, and obviously that's to avoid having to pay royalties. But it's also because some of the brands don't want to be associated uh, with some of the the films, right? Because in some films, and especially beer, probably more so than whiskey. Uh, you know, you may get someone drinking beer and then beating someone up or, or getting completely drunk. And it's obviously not the kind of behavior that we want to, to support, to endorse. Uh, so the kind of brands that I've come across, and you can see some behind me, it's the very famous Glen Callan, the uh, Glen, the Balmure, the Stafford Wood. Uh, obviously, you will see similarities in some of these. Uh, the Glen Gooley, which is a mix of Johnny Walker Blue and Glen Fiddick. Um, yeah, so there, there's lots of them. I've actually approached some of the companies to try to see if I could get hold of some of them, uh, some of the props, but uh, they haven't come back to any emails I've sent out or, or when I've reached out to them. So yeah, there's, there's lots of uh, of interest in these kind of fake brands. So should Boutique make I, a Glenguli? I tell you, if you, if you buy the labels alone for £15 right now, just the labels. But who, I've seen the labels on the... Um, on the, it, right? entertainment something website the people who make all these fake oh, products yeah, yeah. for everything like with whiskey yeah, what, is Glen, get, what, what is Glen what is Glen in Glen Gooley is an archer so it's archer a, a the cartoon James Bond kind of spoof James Bond character oh, uh, okay. so yeah so but I mean there's there's loads and loads of these brands I mean it kind of reminds me a little bit of and Georgie you might know I don't know if uh, Ian Taylor has done that with you guys, but Ian Taylor, who I used to work with, I know, random, random, I'm coming from the left field, uh, who I used to work with at Grants. Every time someone left the duty-free team, he would create his own fake brand. So you would get a Malfidich or a Glen Vanny. Uh, unfortunately, he left the company before me, so I never got one. We don't do that, but we do all get, uh, well, I haven't, I haven't left yet, so I wouldn't know. But yes, personalized labels is uh, a fun one. Yeah. Interestingly, Quentin Tarantino uses the same fake brands throughout all of his films as well. Like Red Apple Cigarettes is one of them. Uh, when you see someone smoking, they're smoking Red Apple Cigarettes. I noticed with the whiskey, they really try to make it look like another existing brand. Glenn Callan really tries to look like McAllen. Yeah. Um, Balmore really tries to look like uh, Dalmore, <laughs> a lot of them. Do any of the Scottish distilleries that feature in movies or TV series, are they, are they have fictitious names as well? I mean, I, I, I have got the DVD of um, the one that Charlie, the Angel share. I haven't seen it all. Um, I was going to watch it last night, but I never finished until late. 
Uh, do, do they name distillers? Do they have fictional names for the distilleries that, that they feature in a in a TV series or a movie? The only one I've ever seen was Lagavulin. They went to the distillery. Other than that, they never really show it because it's typically some dude ordering something in a bar, some lady ordering, uh, pouring something at a house. Yeah, no, so we, haven't nice. actually, we, we haven't seen the fake distilleries. Maybe that would be uh, an idea for uh, for next time. But, but exactly. the was, wasn't um, the Angel Share filmed at Belle Blair and was it another oh. distillery as well, wasn't it? Were they named Belle Blair Distillery or were they fictional? I believe it was named. Right. Okay. I, I, don't I don't know. Going back a few years, I believe it was. I believe they named it uh, the actual distillery and and featured it. And then they were going after a bottle of malt mill, wasn't malt it? Malt mill. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You should watch yeah, it, Dave. It you'd, well. you'd like it. And I know speaking of that, tonight, well, as we're recording this, probably it'll be a week ago when you listen to this, but Dave Broom's film, Amber Light, there's some online tasting related to that this evening that I hope you all tune in. Dave, if you've ever seen that film, I know I know you've seen at least one film because I took you on a hot date to see this movie. Uh, I, I know. I've watched it three times now. Oh, okay, so you don't need to see it again. I've watched you. it twice again. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's a great, great movie to sit down and watch with a bottle. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Well, as Curtis said, there's hundreds of others. Do you distinguish between, because I'd call that more of a documentary. Absolutely. Are you like, would you watch, I'm still stuck on this thing that you don't watch films. So I'm like, would you watch a documentary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like like those uh, archaeological history documentaries. But I've I've noticed that television seems to have really dumbed down since I was a kid. I mean, seriously dumbed down. You know, they tell you, oh, there's a news program and they're talking about something, and all of a sudden they have to put an image of that something up. Like, I haven't got a fucking clue what this something is, you know. And the price of beer has gone up, and there's a pint of beer on there. And I, I know what a fucking pint of beer looks like. Why do you have... It just, it just annoys me. It's just pure stupidity. Like, oh, we need to put a graphic in. We need to put... Oh, God, get out of it. And it just, it just frustrates the fuck out of me. I must admit, I'll just... Turn it off! Put the music on! Um, yeah, so that's it's why. nothing new. I know I just, you you turned fifty seven last week, but just for everyone's awareness, you've been a curmudgeon <laughs> long before you got into this age. Yeah, <laughs> I can't stand commercial TV. Um, and but if you if you if you notice the documentaries on commercial TV, they make a fifteen minute story last twenty minutes. Seriously, as soon as the commercial stops, um, they repeat the last half of the first 15 minutes just to bring you up to date. Like I've forgotten everything in those five minutes of commercials. You have. Oh, bye, bye, so bye, 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 bye. Previously on 24. Yeah. Bye, bye, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I'm ranting and raving. I hate TV. I, at the moment, it just, it is pure dumbed down bullshit. That's yeah. why I'm very proudly, when, as soon as we move back to the UK, very quickly and proudly pay for our BBC TV license. Where here we have amazing public television. I think that uh, pays off in all sorts of ways. Without the yeah. ads, yeah. content you would never get anywhere else. Some of these archaeological, historical documentaries that you're so into, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those sort of things are pretty cool because there's no adverts and they don't keep repeating the same bloody thing time after time after time after time. Yeah, I did pay for um, pay TV when the kids were younger. And, you know, the Discovery Channel, I thought, oh, that's going to be cool, Discovery Channel. No, it's nice just to like it. Most of it's drivel. Um, (laughs) So I do watch documentaries, David Attenborough stuff, that sort of thing, those history ones with, um, uh, you know, the the, the serious. um, (laughs) 
the late ones. Yeah, I, exactly. like com- I like I like off off offbeat comedy that sort of thing. I, you know, I, ju- I did actually download and watch off the BBC. I know it's Channel Four, wasn't it? Um, Black Books, the first two series. Yeah. Uh, Black Books was back on. I think that was like. 2001 that started and I watched that because I never saw it all at the time uh, and that's just superb television they don't like it like that anymore but let's finish on cinema then you know we're talking we talked a little I, I, I want to try to keep these around an hour so I'm sorry if it feels rushed but thanks a lot for being here maybe as a final sort of thought I know we all love whiskey that's why we do what we do we started doing this as a hobby almost all of us um, and for, some of us have made, managed to turn it into something professional which for which we're eternally grateful but um, because we love whiskey and we love the, the change that whiskey can make, you know, it's an agricultural product. It's, it's Scotland's greatest gift to the world. It's um, there's something really magical about whiskey. We wouldn't give a fuck. And we do. Um, so is there a way I know we spoke about, you know, 50 Cent having some Balvenie and then going to kill somebody or really rich white men drinking whiskey in film. Is there a way that whiskey could be a catalyst for change in a positive way through TV and cinema that you can? Maybe think of how, how how would you like to see whiskey being portrayed? Well, I think I, I start would be you know alluding to what George said earlier, just to reflect what how how people actually consume whiskey. You know, it's not just the traditional way from the sixties. Uh, you know, not mixed. You know, in Brazil they drink it with coconut water. You know, you can drink however you want. Plus, it's not just white male, rich or or poor. So for me, it's just I try to reflect how people actually drink this stuff. Around the water. That is such a good point, that, especially with the coconut water. I'm sorry, Davis, with the coconut water in, in South America, it's everyone drinking it. Yeah, it's, that's cool, I must admit. But is, is this portrayal that we you see here, and, and I, I recognize through TV that I have seen, is it, you know, white, successful people drinking whiskey? It tends to be. Is that because the films and the TV that we see here is made by the same sort of people, and that's that mentality. Are the films that are made in India uh, and, and China reflecting that same demographic of whiskey drinkers, or do they reflect the whiskey drinking? I mean, I, I don't, don't know, because I, I, I don't watch. But, uh, you know, no, in China or something, is, is it reflected differently that, you know, whiskey is that social that's thing? That's an excellent point. Um, I think if, if I grasp what you're saying correctly... Um, the rich white male is drinking the whiskey because the rich white male is the star of the movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If if Tony Stark in Iron Man was not rich and white, he wouldn't be Iron Man and he wouldn't be drinking the blue label. If they had gotten someone maybe who wasn't a rich white male, that might be an idea to play Iron Man or something, you know, and then that would fundamentally begin a paradigm shift, which maybe we're going to hopefully see anyway. Mm-hmm. And then um, it wouldn't be that it's, Every freaking movie our entire lives has been a lot, a lot of times about people that we don't relate to. You don't always see a person who's just middle class Joe going to work. Maybe if there was more movies about people like that or middle class Jane going to work every day and coming home and enjoying a, a blue label after work that she saved up for or that he saved up for, you know, but it's it, it's it's holding a mirror up to both the film industry and branding, product placement, all of that stuff. I think you, you do see it from time to time, but a lot of times if it's not a rich white male, it's the bad guy who just vanquished his enemy and ha ha ha, I'm going to sit here and it, extra, extra enjoyment out of this sip that I'm having right now after I killed those 50 people <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, now you I probably... Think- sorry, God. 
I was going to say, I think when it comes to whiskey and society and culture and sort of changing sort of the view on who drinks whiskey, you can only you, you can only be what you see. And I think that to um, have this positive change, then the film industry should then probably reflect that as well. So we should be seeing more women, um, more people that aren't just white as well, drinking whiskey. And I think, Curtis, to your point, yeah, it'd be great if we saw, you know, middle-class Joe or Jane. I'm thinking of the office space. Whenever you're saying that, I'm thinking of office space and like smashing a red stapler. But, um, you know, I think reality is, well, they probably wouldn't go home and have a Johnny Walker Blue Label. I don't drink a Johnny Walker Blue Label at the end of the day, but you have just a good whiskey, you know, for and I sure. think if we could see more of that, that would be that would be great. And, and normalizing it, that's what we need to do collectively as an industry. But then that needs to be reflected in other areas of how people see these whiskeys and these brands, which then Absolutely. comes into film. And I'm, I'm the farthest thing from an industry insider, but it seems logical that a rising tide kind of lifts all boats. And if it begins to permeate the whole zeitgeist as far as film, television, and you see everybody doing something, well, then it becomes a thing that you don't even think about. It's like, oh, he's just enjoying a, a guy who happens to be enjoying a good whiskey. Why am I not enjoying a good whiskey right now? I'm going to go grab one at the local and shop. And even when that happens, we will all still continue to be like, oh, what whiskey are they drinking? Yeah. And like pause the film <laughs> and like figure it out. We were watching, <laughs> right um, we were watching have you seen Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels? Absolutely, yeah. I think, and it's they've got a bottle of Oban on the on the table. That was, yeah, that was yeah, our recent was the, find. It was the first Oban I ever. Uh, it was the first Oban I ever posted, I believe, about nine years ago, something like that. Yeah, we're talking about the Good brands reason. paying to be a part of these films, and I think you all touched on exactly the power potential here. It, there's money behind it. But something like Scotch whiskey that comes from a fairly egalitarian, forward-thinking, progressive society could consciously change some of these in, in modest ways change some of these perceptions and insist that if we're paying a million pounds to be uh, in in the james bond film this is who we want drinking it this is the occasion we want them drinking it in and and the brands can actually the corporations could take some of that responsibility the thing i would add is i don't always drink whiskey alone after i've killed somebody i drink it socially it's a it's a social elixir it's a communal elixir and uh, I wish that was portrayed more rather than this sort of vain, uh, selfish product that it seems to be in film. It's, it's always presented as like, it's my power and it's, this is mine. So it's something tied to vanity. <laughs> Whereas it, look at us. We all do this online all week. Dave, that's your job, right? Sharing and enjoying. Yeah. 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 That, that whiskey perception on TV sitcoms of the of the 70s is always the, the boss who had the bottle of scotch in, in the cabinet in his office you know you you, okay. you you rise up and you get your own office and then you've got a bar in your office with a bottle of scotch and yeah if you get a promotion or you've done something good you go into the office and get a share of scotch with the boss I think that that, that sort of thing is stuck in my head from I, I guess from really bad TV on the 70s that I don't really remember but um, but you know that that sort of image is stuck in my head is it Absolutely. really bad for me to say that actually that's one of my dreams one day, successful dream, is to have an office where I've got a beautiful crystal decanter and glasses mm. just ready to go full of good whiskey? That's well, a pretty boss move. Yeah, literally. I mean, the, the aspiration the trick worked on you. <laughs> <laughs> one day we'll have women in the workplace and maybe, I, maybe you could... You could... <laughs> 
I have an office full of whiskey, Georgie. <laughs> and I have more, more glasses than you can poke the stick at. And whenever you come around, there's always a whiskey for you. But is it in a sexy, heavy crystal decanter? No, I don't keep it in that. No. It's got to be. It's got to be. That, okay. You all fell for it. See, it worked. For me. It fucking worked. 50 years of Hollywood selling you on these bloody decanters full of toxic... Uh, whatever. Yeah. Guys, the, the crystal, is that not good for it in a decanter, is it? Nope. But it's definitely been good hanging out with you guys. I've loved this. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we've had Georgie Bell. We've had Andre Dalmeida. We've had Curtis McEcker and ScotchCinema.com. you got to check it out and waste two hours of your afternoon. It's it's uh, it is a rabbit hole. Of, a fa- <laughs> yeah, a fascinating <laughs> stuff. But thank you all for being here, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for enlightening me on Scotch in the cinema. Um, I'm not going to change my ways. I'm not going to go and watch TV. Sorry. Um, I might go and watch a movie. I might go and watch the Angels Chair this weekend. But um, yeah, I'll thanks for coming along. I'll compile all the videos for you and send you a, a thumb drive or something. So you'll have four hours, like I said, of not having to watch an actual film and keep the streak going. That's <laughs> yeah, true. You've come this far, Dave. You've come this far, yeah. Great. Well, thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers, Thank guys. You. This has been Uncorked. I've been Dr. Whiskey. And I've been Boutique Dave. And you've been you, as you always are. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, can you hear my voice? Yes, a little else, Sam. Ah, tough shit. You got no choice. So grab a glass and sit back in your chair. Cause Uncorked is going live.